We are in 1 Kings chapter 19, and we're calling it Jesus the Little Chef. Remember those Little Chef restaurants? I'm not sure they're still around. There's one or two, isn't there? Um, the Little Chef. Uh, now, I've got... draw. If you want to draw children, it's not compulsory. Maybe you could sit and listen. It's up to you. But if you do want to draw or um, build something out of Lego to do with a talk... Try drawing Jesus serving church some food or Jesus serving Elijah some food. Uh, so get into that and make it a proper feast and a banquet. And I dare you to do this as well. And not many theologians would do this, but don't worry about them. They're wrong. Put um, an apron on Jesus while he serves us. Yeah, you're like, hang on. I thought we were supposed to serve the Lord. Wait. Just put an apron on and and hang on my every word. I got some questions before we get to the apron bit. Are you alive today? That's my first question. Um, If you are, it's because Jesus serves you breath. That's worth thinking about, isn't it? Here's another one. Are you interested in God at all? The living God, Father, Son and Spirit. We heard about how Neil is now. Um, where once he wasn't. That's my story as well. Are you interested? That is because Jesus serves you, his Holy Spirit. Well, the Father sends the Spirit, um, and Jesus, he then, the Spirit, shines light on Jesus, who leads us back to the Father. So that's all down to the work of Christ as well. Jesus serves us spiritual insights about the Father through the Holy Spirit. Here's another one. Are you safe at home this morning? And you've just like had your tea maybe. You've got a safe home with electricity and a bath. Um, Do you know why there's food in your fridge really? It's because Jesus serves us all good things. And they're from above. Jesus serves us. And Jesus is a chef in this chapter. Serving one of his ancient church Leaders, one of his old friends, Elijah. Um, here's some background. God the Father always speaks to humanity through his priest, the high priest Jesus. And in the ancient church, there used to be little priests who would dress up as Jesus and act the role out of Jesus and chat to the Father and then bring messages back to the people and then church would bring messages to the priest and it would go back to God. And they were acting out the role of Jesus because you cannot talk to the living God except going through Jesus. But in this chapter, 1 Kings 19, the priests have all gone. If you read 2 Chronicles 11, they've gone down to Judah and Jerusalem for various reasons. So God is now using to communicate to church prophets instead for a while. And they sort of represent Jesus too. And one of these prophets, children, you read it um, in the reading, begins with an E, and that you're probably drawing him. And it's quite a popular boy's name today, and it is Elijah. So when I was in school, my teacher was Mr. Lord in Lanishan High School. He was actually at church before lockdown. And... uh, Gave me the fright of my life on the door on the way out. But, yeah, he's a good friend of mine, I think. Anyway, that's off script. Um, So Mr. Lord was my teacher. Elijah was one of the teachers 
of the Old Testament church, our ancient church fathers. So that's the background. Now I've got another set of questions which I'm going to all bring together, hopefully. Are you a nasty woman? (laughs) Don't know why that made me laugh. Or have you ever met a nasty woman? Um, If you are a nasty woman, or uh, if there's any children watching, um, and you might be becoming a nasty woman, stop! Don't be a nasty woman, um, or a nasty man. Uh, Ephesians 4 does say, actually, we can be angry. There are times to be angry, and it's right. But don't sin in your anger. And a nasty person is when that sin has spilled out into, like, acid and you just like pour vicious, vile anger upon people in like murderous rage and hatred, and you think you hate everybody, and you stew on what people have said about you late at night, and you go to sleep angry, festering on revenge, and all or you take it out on your spouse, or you nurse like nasty thoughts. All that turns into acid. That's like sinful hatred. And that turns people into nasty men and women. So I'm asking you tonight, are you a nasty person? Because that needs to change. Why am I asking you that? Because it's in our chapter, as well as Jesus doing serving stuff, which we'll get to, there is a nasty woman. Here she is in verse 2. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of those dead prophets. So Jezebel hates Elijah. Jezebel hates the living God. Jezebel hates church. She is a nasty woman. And we must not be nasty men and women who hate Jesus and church. Now Elijah, he's been having a great time in the last chapter with the Lord. It's like a movie. You should reread all the stuff that he's being used to do. But now, this scary woman's on the scene, and he's really frightened. And he's having a moment in church life, where he's like this, in chapter 19, I don't want to be part of church anymore. I'm absolutely shattered. I used to be involved in church, and I was so used, but now it's all over, and all I see around me is reasons to be afraid. Jezebel wants to kill me, church isn't what it used to be, Um, I'm hungry and I'm tired, And I feel all alone. He's having one of those moments. Maybe you have had it. Um, He thought he had won all of his battles, but they're back. Like, it's a bit like sin that, isn't it? We're called to fight against the sin in our lives. And some days it's like, oh man, it's back with a vengeance today. I just don't have the energy to serve the Lord anymore. I was so on fire one day, but now I'm just back. And I'm a mess. Uh, Let me just read verse 4. While he himself went a day's journey into the desert, he came to a broom tree, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. So those moments where body, mind and soul were just defeated... We want it all to end. We don't want to communicate. We don't want to be part of church life anymore. We can't function. Ooh, C.S. Lewis said, and I wonder if this is a bit going on with Elijah's psyche, 
Don't let your happiness depend on something that you may lose. And I do wonder in chapter 19, has Elijah lost his sight of Jesus and the power of Jesus, even over our dark days, that he just holds it in his hand and he's got us. I wonder what Elijah's happiness was on, depending on. But anyway, for whatever reason, he's lost his vision of the power of the living God. And now, look who rocks up, where there's like um, dangers without, fears within. Look who rocks up. Let's read 5 to 7. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. So children, in this meal, there was a cake of bread baked over hot coals, basically like a barbecue, and a jar of water. Who's this angel? All right, hold on. Verse 7. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. Um, The angel of the Lord is another word in the Old Testament for Jesus. People are bowing down and meeting this angel all the time. Um, It's the living God, Jesus himself. So, And just on that, don't just say, oh, God showed up and helped Elijah and we'll all go home with some vague notion of, oh, God does some nice things sometimes. This is the angel of the Lord Jesus. And don't shortchange the work of Jesus here. Look how amazing Jesus is. He actually shows up. It's Jesus, not God. It's Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is his wonderful character at work. He approaches the tired, worn-out, sinful, depressed, uh, fatigued church member who's lost grip on life. And he finds out, this church member, that Jesus has not lost his grip on him. So this isn't a sermon about some vague, omnipresent, omniscient floaty abouty God that is quite powerful sometimes with things nothing to do with my life. This is God revealed in Jesus who comes alongside a church member like you and like me. Let me put this in the plainest terms. Jesus looks after church members. And in this instance, he comes and he becomes a little chef. Yes, that is why we have that title. Um, Jesus, the living God here, is a little chef. He opens up a little cafe under a tree for a church member. Now yesterday, for my birthday, which wasn't too long ago, Rita bought me a big lump of brisket, uh, which is just a big thing of beef. And I got up at half past six and I put it on the barbecue and it was there all day smoking with flavoured wood chips, by the way, people. And at about seven o'clock at night, uh, I took it off and then let it rest for an hour and we ate it in that little eight to 8.30 slot before I get into to the Bible hour. Um, it's glorious because an animal has given its life so that we can be sustained and have life, which by the way is a picture of the gospel. Um, the lamb gives up his life so that we can feed on him 
and have eternal life. Barbecues are the best. Um, and if you're like a vegan or a veggie, just barbecue a pineapple or something. It's almost as good. Um, anyway, what is the very first thing that the Lord does here? He serves a little barbecue. It's quite incredible. Um, it's what's also incredible is, later on when Jesus comes back to earth and is born of Mary in his final like human body, which he's got now, he dies on the cross, raises up again, third day. Then the very first, one of the first things he does in his resurrected body, as if to show what the new world is going to be like, the other side of sin, death and decay, what's one of the first things he does? He goes and finds his church members who are down in the dumps, miserable, depressed and lost, probably full of sin. And check this out. This is John 21. Jesus said to them, this is verse 10, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dare ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And what happens is, Jesus cooks them, basically, breakfast, barbecue style, on the beach. He's still serving his church, so they get fired up to come out of the doldrums and go tell the world about Jesus. A bit like Neil mentioned, Park End, get telling the good news that lost people can be reconciled back to God. That's our job, and Jesus fires up church and serves church to do that, and he does it there. The glory of Jesus, his care for his church family and his church leaders. Note this though, in none of those instances in 1 Kings 19 or John 21, does Jesus click his fingers and the food just appears. Um, Like children, if you had three wishes from a genie, what would you get him to magic you up? Like, I'm pretty sure Jesus could magic stuff up. But here, he gets down and dirty and he shows what true life, true even life in the world to come is going to be like. He's in the mix with his family. He's, he's meeting their needs. And he actually cooks himself as a chef. Um, and now, now, all right, Owen, why are we drawing an apron though? Okay, so in Luke twelve thirty seven. There's this verse that lots of people are scared of and don't quite know how to handle. But Park N can handle it. The children can handle it. Here it is. Um, Jesus has been teaching how we should live and like modeled on him. And here it comes again. He says this. It will be good for those servants who must, whose master finds them watching when he comes. So our master is going to come one day. Truly I tell you, he will dress himself to serve and will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. That's the living God coming back to serve church members like Neil and like me. Now, when you consider all of our sins, that is a mind-blowing message. Revelation talks about this final massive feast that Jesus is going to throw 
And there he is actually serving us as we recline in friendship on the shoulders of the living God. Do you remember that first communion meal? Communion in the early church is really different actually from how many churches do it now where no one can say a peep and we must be super holy by being super quiet and that is the glory of communion. It's like, shut up. Look at the, look at the communion in the Bible. The first one in the upper room, John is just leaning on Jesus. It says reclining on his bosom and they're eating bread and discussing the death of the Lord Jesus Christ because friendship with Jesus and him giving himself for us is what makes communion holy. The fact that he serves his body on that tree so that our bodies, minds and soul can live forever in the new world to come. That is the holiness of communion. Jesus serving himself. And so we come full circle um, with Elijah and Jesus again. Here is Jesus revealing to Elijah the purpose of the whole universe that Jesus serves his bride. He wins his bride and serves his bride and tends to them body, mind and soul. Um, He lights a fire, he bakes some bread and Jesus reveals himself again to be the best friend that we will ever have. If you're not a Christian, there is only death outside of Jesus and church because Jesus is in church and Jesus is life. So come, cast your sins upon him, cast your day on him today. He'll handle it and he'll begin to serve you too and then in turn you can serve him and his living church. And when the Twin Towers went down in 2001, my friend told me about this article that was written about someone who went searching for a friend who was lost in that rubble of those buildings crashed down in New York. Children, maybe ask your parents about it. It was a big event where two massive buildings fell down and lots of people died in the rubble. Um, But one friend went out to search for his lost friend And he didn't come home until he found him. And he stayed there seven weeks, sleeping on site, digging for his lost friend. Jesus pursued me all my life. Pursued Neil, who led the service today. He pursued every church member. He doesn't give up on them. He serves them even today. Such love. He sleeps on site in church. Um, That's the living God revealed again in 1 Kings 19. It would be remiss of me not to read one of the greatest verses of all time as we wrap all this up. This is a really Trinitarian verse as in it mentions Father, Son and Spirit. Verse 11, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. So there's Father, Son and Spirit now, basically coming ever so close to Elijah. That's what Jesus does. He always reveals the Trinity and teaches us about the Father and the Spirit. And it's all for this. God comes so close to his friend, so he can basically whisper. Where's my mic? He starts being this close. That's how close God is to his church members if we just stop and listen. And it's all about this, really. And it's summed up in Ephesians 1, verse 22. 
And God placed all things under the feet of Jesus and appointed Jesus to be head over everything for the church. So past, present and future, Jesus comes close to church members to get them back on their feet to serve church. Because at the end of the day, everything in the history of the world is going to be brought under the feet of Jesus and his church. There's nothing better than being part of church life. Are you alive today? It's because Jesus serves you breath. Are you interested in God? It's because Jesus serves you, his Father, and knowledge of his Father. Are you safe at home with food in the fridge? It's because Jesus has given us all good things. That's what he always does for church. Thank you for joining us. I hope this has fired you up for the Lord Jesus Christ, revealed clearly in 1 Kings chapter 19. Now, in a few hours, we're back reading uh, the Bible again, so you're welcome to join us live on YouTube. But I'll close this bit off with another thing about the great high priest. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, the priest, and his sons, this is how you are to bless the ancient church. Say this, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the ancient church, the Israelites, and I will bless them. Go, my friends, be Jesus people, and we will see you back here soon. Thank you for joining us this evening. Amen.